This is the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast interview with Maya Adut. I, I honestly think the very first thing is to just take some time to really get to know what your strengths are, what your areas of challenges are, and um, what your big picture vision is. I think sometimes we just jump right in, and, and that's okay too, but um, you know, it can save us a little bit of time if we if we just take the time to really get to know ourselves and what we true why we're going into private practice. What's the reason? What are we motivated by? So I was, you know, really motivated by managing a team and helping them to feel uh, confident and grow. Some people are motivated by, you know, building really strong partnerships within the community. Or so, just figuring out what excites you most is so important. Um, but then probably the, the biggest piece of advice is to know that there's a lot of trial and error in private practice and that's okay and there's going to be lots of times where you're going to hear no um, you know you it won't always be it won't always be so easy but it will you just you have to pick yourself back up and and stay true to your vision You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. I hope you are having a wonderful week. In today's episode with Maya, she tells us all about her business, Maya Music Therapy, and she shares her tips for individuals thinking about starting a private practice or wanting to grow a private practice. We also talk about her business coaching and other services that she offers for music therapists, as well as her Connect to Music Therapy magazine, which you should definitely check out and obviously listen through the episode to hear more about that. If you're enjoying the podcast, please let us know by leaving a review on iTunes. I would love to be able to add some reviews to the ends of episodes, and they really help the podcast be visible. Another great way you can support the podcast is by subscribing to the show. Um, Recently, I dove into some analytics, and it seems like a pretty high percentage of listeners are not subscribed to this show. So, If you're enjoying the podcast, then subscribe so that the episodes are automatically downloaded to your playing device each week and you keep getting this type of content. You can also find us online and on social media at Music Therapy Chronicles. 
uh, join our group on Facebook where you can be part of or start a conversation. If there's uh, an episode in particular that really excited you or a certain topic that was covered that resonates with you or doesn't resonate with you, that'd be a great place to discuss it. Uh, We're presenting lots of different stuff on the show. So what are your thoughts? Let me know. And another great way to support the podcast is by becoming a patron on patreon.com. You can find that link in the show notes. And if you or someone you know is interested in being on the show, please let me know by sending an email to feedback at musictherapychronicles.com. Oh, or if there's someone you just really want to have on the show, send an email so I know. All right, let's get into this week's episode with Maya. Maya, welcome to the Music Therapy Chronicles. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Good. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's still early for me, <laughs> but waking up and uh, just had my breakfast and I'm happy to be here. Awesome. How about you? How are you today? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for waking up. Um, yeah. <laughs> I For listeners, they probably know this, but I tend to batch record. Um, and so I had an international guest today. So this is not my first recording of the wow. morning. <laughs> but, Neat. Yeah. How many do you usually do in back to back? Uh, usually between three and five. Wow. Yeah. That's so. cool. I guess you, you get in the zone and then you keep going. Yeah. And then, you know, all the stuff is set up, all the recording equipment. Right. You don't have to keep doing it all the time. So. That makes sense. Yeah, little tip and trick for anyone out there doing content creation. Batch, batch go. everything if you can. <laughs> there you go. That's smart. Thanks. So <laughs> to start us off, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, so I am a certified music therapist. I'm from Toronto, Ontario. Uh, I, I started my private practice almost five years ago now, and we're a team of 10 music therapists servicing wow. the GTA. And uh, we work with all pretty much all populations, but we definitely uh, focus, focus mo- most of our attention on dementia care. Um, and I, a little bit more about me, I guess, aside from work, because I've got a little one at home. He's a year and a half, and he keeps me really, really busy. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I love what I do as a music therapist and really as a business owner. I really feel that both of those are, are equal passions of mine. Yeah, yeah, and that's mm-hmm. uh, really obvious on your website, so we'll get into that. Uh, But first, can you tell everyone how you found music therapy and kind of how that led you to where you are now? Absolutely. Yeah, I actually found, heard about music therapy for the first time in the seventh grade. Um, Our class was instructed to do a career aptitude test. And the first job that came up for me, first career was music therapist. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? And I, I was 12 years old and I remember looking at those words and thinking, oh yeah, that makes sense. That's what I should be doing. Um, And then of course, you know, I was young and so, you know, life goes in all sorts of different directions. I, I, when I was in high school and I joined music class, I became discouraged for, in terms of becoming a music therapist because I felt like everyone was much more advanced musically than I was and Mm. um, had more training than I did. And I thought, oh wow, there's no way I can 
I can, uh, you know, I can catch up. So I forgot about music therapy, um, ended up doing a bachelor's degree in cultural studies. And, and then one year I went to McMaster, which is a university in Hamilton. I just went there for the summer and they happened to be offering an introduction to music therapy course for the first time that summer. And I said, oh yeah, music therapy. I, I forgot about that and took the course and realized once again that, wow, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then went kind of full steam ahead from there. Wow. So cultural studies. Yes. How has that informed your practice? It's definitely informed my practice in 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 many many ways. I felt, um, you know, when I was studying music therapy, I felt that we there was so much to learn in terms of cultural implications uh, as a music therapist when it comes to um, equity and feminist music therapy and just cultural sensitivity even. And we did have some training in our, in our program, but I felt like there could have been a lot, a lot more. And I, I felt that as my background kind of, um, I had that advantage a little bit as a therapist, but that, you know, not everyone had came from, most people came from music, music background. So Mm -hmm. I think that it could be, um, I always say that I think there could be a lot more training for music therapists in, in that area. Yeah. Yeah. There could be a lot more training in all the areas, but there's already <laughs> a lot of training. But that's cool. It's always interesting to hear how people like, you know, what their their journey was uh, and how yeah. how that differentiates how we do things. It is really interesting. I love that I love that we all come from such different backgrounds. Yeah. In terms of education, yeah. Awesome. So, when did you start your private practice in music I- therapy? I started uh, almost five years ago. So it was when I first graduated, I subcontracted Mm. for about five or six months and then realized that I have a very strong entrepreneurial spirit and that's the direction that I, that I should be taking. So I sort of quickly changed my mind and, um, and started my own practice. Cool. So Tell us, tell us what that's like. What's it like starting a private practice? You had some of that contracting experience and lead us through that. Sure. Yeah. The, it really, I think it helped. It definitely helped to have some contracting experience. So, you know, you, you know, you get some perspective in terms of what you think is great and what you want to do a little bit differently and, you know, what path you want to personally take. Um, yeah, starting a private practice is so exciting and it's so challenging mm. <laughs> and that those feelings continue on through throughout. Um, and, you know, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of getting to know yourself, I think, and just figuring out what you really want, what your vision is and what you want to create because it's, you know, you have this open slate to available to you. So I found that really, really exhilarating. Um, yeah, so I think self, like just really knowing yourself and, and taking that time to figure out what it is that you want to create with, with your practice is really important. Yeah. And you have a a big team now. Yes. Yeah. I, I also kind of quickly realized when I started that I really wanted to work with other, other music therapists, didn't want it to be just me on my own and, um, really enjoy the management aspect of running a practice. Um, just like, you know, 
I really enjoyed in particular hiring new music therapists who just graduated mm-hmm. and really helping them to kind of come into their own, gain, gain the confidence that they were looking for and, and figure out, you know, help them to figure out their, their unique path as well. So I've really enjoyed the, the growing of the team with our practice. That's awesome. What's it like navigating? You know, that's a lot of people, I don't want to say to yeah. keep track of, but like that's, that's a lot oh, of balls yeah. in the air um, to do all that because I'm assuming everyone on the team has like a full caseload. Well, actually, not not everybody does have a full caseload, so it's a bit of a mixed bag. Some people are working other jobs. Some people do have a full caseload. It's, it's quite a mix, but it's definitely – it's definitely quite a challenge to keep track, <laughs> to keep up with everybody, make sure, you know, everything's going smoothly, that everyone's um, happy with their caseload, that, they're, you know, things aren't, um, there's not too much challenges with their, at their site. So we've, I've ended up, as the team got larger, creating a bit of a management team so that they could help me to keep track because uh, there's otherwise, there's just too many moving parts. So I do have an administrative assistant and she helps with all the scheduling and that way I don't have to worry about some, some of the, the smaller details and I can just focus on, on what I really love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That's, um, that's a great piece of advice because your skill set is obviously music therapy and it's nice to have someone else whose skill set is scheduling or whatever else. Yes. Absolutely. It's so important to know what, where your skills lie and where the challenges are because, oh, organization and <laughs> scheduling and all those tiny, tiny little details are definitely not my forte. My forte is more of the big picture, big picture and the company culture. And um, so it, it's definitely, yeah, it's important to know, know yourself. Company culture. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I, I think it's such an important aspect for a business owner to to explore, um, every company has their own culture, right? They have their own values. They have their own. You know, if you join a company, you you can feel that culture right away. What is what are the dynamics? What do we do together as a team? Um, where are we headed together? So I I thought it was important to take some time to think about what that means for us. Um, and I it's really important to me. I think first and foremost that the team feel my team feels like a team mm. right because we're always we feel so isolated as music therapists as you know mm. <laughs> as you probably know and um so I just really wanted to create that team kind of cohesion and that kind of family-like feeling um so you know creating doing self-care events together and having lots of professional development opportunities where we can get together um but more about just the feeling right that that we exude and just the openness and the honesty that I try to kind of weave into everything that we do. I love that. And then it it in it empowers your clinicians to be more comfortable when they go to work. You know, if you're you feel supported by your work environment, then you can take that in your sessions with you. Exactly. Exactly. And I also think it's really helpful for business owners to take time to think about this because then they can find the right people for their team and vice versa. Right. So when I'm interviewing someone, I'll just say, Hey, this is what our company culture is like. Here are our values. Are you, do you align with these values? If not, that's totally cool. (laughs) And you know, it's not the right opportunity for you. Um, I think that's, that's super important. Yeah. And I think, I, I'm a, a contracted music therapist. Okay. And so um, being able to 
it be in an interview and hear those types of things and also know yourself well enough to say like, you know, what you're doing is great, but it's not really my jam uh, is also important. It's so important. And I think, so we've got, and I probably couldn't, can't remember them all off the top of my head, but we've got, I think, six company core values. And for me, the most important one, I think, is honesty. Mm -hmm. And that's a big, that's a big part of it, right? So just right up front in the interview, being totally uh, honest and in terms of what you're looking for, what you need. Uh, Yeah, and that way, that's all clear. There's no surprises. Um, And then hopefully you're working with, you know, people that that want to help help you grow your team and and who are going to thrive. Yeah. Yeah, well yeah. said. Well said. So, for someone listening who is yeah. uh maybe fresh out of college or contracting or maybe even employed but thinks private practice is the route for them and they're ready to start, what advice right. would you give to them? Good question. <laughs> so, there's so many pieces of advice. That Any I advice? Would probably give. <laughs> Um, I, I honestly think the very first thing is to just take some time to really get to know what your strengths are, mm-hmm. what your areas of challenges are, and um, what your big picture vision is. I think sometimes we just jump right in, and, and that's okay too, but um, you know, it can save us a little bit of time <laughs> if, we, if we just take the time to really get to know ourselves and what we tru- why we're going into private practice. What's the reason? What are we motivated by? So I was, you know, really motivated by managing a team and helping them to feel uh, confident and grow. Some people are motivated by, you know, building really strong partnerships within the community. Or So just figuring out what excites you most is so important. Um, but then probably the, the biggest piece of advice is to know that there's a lot of trial and error in private practice and that's okay and there's going to be lots of times where you're going to hear no um you know you'll it won't always be it won't always be so easy but it will you just you have to pick yourself back up and and stay true to your vision um I hear that a lot when I do some business coaching where people say you know I just it's I'm a little too scared to make that phone call or to send that email because I'm really putting myself out there. And what if they say, no, we're not interested. Um, but we have to be able to put ourselves out there as business owners and know that sometimes we'll hear yes. Sometimes we'll hear no. It's all, it's all part of the journey. Hmm. That's good. So for someone who has a private practice and they're looking to start or grow a team aside yeah. from signing up for your business coaching, what would you tell them? <laughs> no, no. Well, I would tell them, though, not my business coaching necessarily, but to, to look for somebody who, whether it's a coach or just like a, a friend or a mentor who you can, who you can turn to, um, it's, it's so helpful, right? Because it's, it's a, being a music therapist, business owner is such a unique type of business owner. Mm. And it's really, I found it invaluable to have a mentor to turn to. So I definitely suggest suggest kind of knowing who your support network is and really, really building upon that. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. There's there's so much. Uh, I'm not going to say research, but more statistics about music therapists more and more going into private practice. And I'm not sure about in Canada, but in the yeah. United States, our our undergraduate training isn't often geared toward that, even though that's where most of us end up. Right. Um, yeah. I know. Yeah, I, 
we need some more training <laughs> on that, I think. And yeah, it's, but it's interesting because I think a lot of the skills and qualities that music therapists have re- align really well with being an entrepreneur, really. We're creative, you know, we, that's probably the biggest one, our creativity, I think, lends really, really well to to entrepreneurship and our adaptability, ability to be flexible, go with the flow, change up our session plan. Mm. That's also really relevant to being a business owner. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Um, it's also really cool, though, that now people like you who uh, are doing this mentorship through coaching, they're offering that because, you know, undergraduate can only cover so much. But if you're ready for yeah. it, then it's out there. So tell us about uh, about your business coaching and the other services you're offering for music therapists. Yeah, sure. So I do for music therapists who are just starting to think about opening a practice. I do a five session kind of starter package so each session will cover kind of the essentials that I think you need to just get started so everything from okay let's let me help you figure out your big picture vision and what it is you're going for to okay how do I build a website and how do I market my services where do I find my potential clients um how do I budget you know all the the things that I think are essential um, and then I, I, I do just one-to-one coaching whenever somebody needs it. And lately, I've started something called Music Therapy Business Momentum. Um, and that's just monthly group conversations on, on different topics in entrepreneurship. I'm just offering those right now to anybody who wants to join. Um, just because I think we, we need it now more than ever during, you know, throughout the pandemic and our, our business is having to change so much felt like this was hopefully a resource that people can benefit from yeah um all right should we shift into talking about the pandemic or do you want to talk about connect to music therapy first oh uh we can talk about connect to music therapy yeah yeah um yeah that was something i i'm I'm still really excited about it. It's fairly fresh, fairly new. Um, I, when was it? When I, I don't remember anymore, but when I went on my honeymoon, <laughs> I went to Southeast Asia with my partner. And when we were in Nepal, I thought to myself, I wonder if there's any music therapists out here. <laughs> there must be, but I haven't heard about a training program in Nepal and just thought I would do some research and ended up meeting up with a few music therapists and they were wonderful, of course, and they. Um, I just thought to myself, wow, I would love for other people, other music therapists around the world to hear about their work. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple years, I just kind of ruminated on that for a long time. And then a couple years later, thought to myself that a magazine, an online magazine, maybe a neat kind of easy and fun way for people to connect across the globe. So that's how that's how Connect to Music Therapy began. That's so cool. And what has it has it expanded into? Like what other countries have you covered and topics do you share? Yeah. So we our our topics are um, people, right? So just like spotlighting people around the world. Um, business, um, self-care, what are the other ones? Let's see if I can remember <laughs> resources. Um, and global connections. So the global connection section is really about if you've gone to a conference somewhere around the world that you want to share about, or you met with a music therapist around the world. Um, and it's been really great. We've had music therapists from Indonesia, 
Ireland, um, I think Finland, um, and it's it's I think gaining a bit of momentum and people are hearing more about it, which is nice because then you know we get more people contributing and hope the idea is that hopefully a music therapist will read an article by somebody you know halfway around the world and they'll resonate with it and then reach out to them and make this make a connection. That's what I'm hoping will will come out of this magazine. That's so cool. That's um kind of what one of my thoughts is with the podcast and yeah. I find that past guests will say that listeners reach out to them all the time. Like no listeners way. very infrequently reach out to me, but they'll reach out to the <laughs> guests, which is awesome. Like, cool. They're the people given the information. So you should yes. reach out to them. Oh, I love that. It's nice to feel to be the connector and it's like, it feels good. Like you're doing a good deed. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it puts everything I think into perspective about like, you know, we're just sitting here having a conversation and we're not even going to see the ripple effect of a lot of this, but people yes. listening right now are, are going to learn something and take something away. And um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They'll check out your magazine. They'll meet someone in Nepal. They'll travel the world when traveling is a, uh, an option again. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I love that. And I, I always love, you know, hopefully maybe inspiring someone to even enter the field of music therapy as a ripple effect. I always find that really exciting if someone reaches out and says, oh, I saw your, you know, your article and I've always wanted to be a music therapist, but I don't know how to do it. And, and then they end up pursuing it. I, that's definitely my favorite ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. It is great to, um, <laughs> to be a catalyst for people. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So true. So tell us about how you've been adapting during the pandemic because you've been creating resources and you started the the business momentum and what yeah. other things have you been doing to uh, make use of this time? Wow, it's been a it's been a tough time. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely was a steep steep learning curve at the at the beginning, just to you know try to get our services online, um, get them, make sure that they were available for our current clients and even hopefully for some new clients. So it's definitely, it's been hard, I would say. Um, we, we did move our services online and I, I found that most, uh, most of our clients since they're in long-term care and retirement homes had to stop mm. services. So the vast majority stopped and we had to shift focus to other populations in order to, you know, to keep open, keep going. So um, I think kind of going back to the drawing board a little bit in a way was scary, but also fun and creative and kind of took me back to that place of when I first started the business. Um, just, you know, kind of feeling like you're starting from scratch. Yeah. So that was, that was what we did there. And now we're offering more individual we're promoting more individual services than the community partnerships that we were focused on before. Mm. So we're doing some one-to-ones online and I'm offering the business momentum. Um, and we're, we've tried to get creative with offering different group programs as well. So I told my team, Hey, this is kind of a neat time to, to get creative. So if there's something you've always wanted to try, we don't have to rent a space. We can just build the program together and offer it and see who's interested. So I've had team members uh, want to do music and mindfulness groups and um, music for music therapy for teens. So like um, uh, specific, specifying songwriting. So we, 
it was a fun opportunity to kind of get to know the team a little bit more and hear where their interests lie yeah. um, and let them and, you know, join them in experimenting with that. So I I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that sounds like if I was a music therapist on your team, I would feel so supported in that to be like, oh, like, and it's an awesome opportunity for self-reflection. Like, okay, what do I want to do? What do I want to create? Exactly. And I hope it'll lead into, you know, post post pandemic right now. You know, if you're still interested in that, we can continue that in some in some other form. so I really, that, that aspect has been really eye-opening and really fun, I think, for me and the team. Um, yeah, that was, that was the big shift for us. We also provided our baby, our baby and parent program online, which, which was a lot of fun because the parents really needed yeah. something to do, right? Some, a way to keep their, their kids engaged. Um, so we, I felt that that was, uh, that was really important for the community. Do you see you or your team sticking with telehealth in some capacity Mm. once everything kind of, I don't want to say normalizes, disseminates? Yes, (laughs) it's a good word. Yes, I definitely do. I definitely do. So we're able to reach, you know, I'm working with a client who lives really far from me Mm -hmm. and it's going really well. And I think, you know, they'd probably want to continue. Um, so I think in that way that we're able to, we have a, we have a larger reach and that that's excellent. Um, and also in the way that we can, we can do some fun group programs that we weren't able to do before. And, uh, you know, people are so busy, especially adults who are, you know, busy with work and don't have the time to necessarily drive to a space to go do a music therapy program that might improve their mental health, but they would be willing to sit at the computer. So I think it, it's, it's definitely made it more accessible for, for many of our clients and potential clients. So yeah, I think I've, I've been hearing that a lot that music therapists are, you know, grateful in a sense that they've had to learn really quickly how to use, you know, virtual services. And now that it'll, it'll be a part of their offerings moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And that ties back into um, so many of us are in a private practice in some sort of way. And this allows us to adapt in that way. Yes. We make our own rules (laughs) to some extent. (laughs) To some extent, for sure. It's been so interesting. It's, it's not the same, right? Doing online services, there's definitely so much that we're missing um, in terms of making music together at the same time, you know, Mm. but it's, but then there have been things that have been really great that I didn't expect, like people being sometimes more willing to open up um, and share their emotions behind a screen mm. a little bit quicker than they might in person. Just little things like that. So it'll be interesting to see how it progresses. Yeah, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. We're all we're all awaiting yes. <laughs> whatever will happen. Yes. Goodness. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to get into for today? Oh, good question. I feel I feel like we got into a lot. We kind of got in there really quickly. We did. <laughs> Dove right in. Yeah, I don't think so. I think I'm, I was really happy to talk to talk to you about um, team, like the team management aspect of business. I don't get to talk about that very often, so that was 
that was I'm glad you know to get that out there and I think a lot of people are thinking of starting a team and hiring and what mm-hmm. does that whole process look like so um I'm happy we spoke about that and no I I, I think we're good how about you yeah well so you're saying that and it's reminding yeah. me a long long time ago okay. I I worked at nature camp cool. <laughs> I was cool. I was a counselor at a nature camp and awesome. the uh I, I don't even know what her title was but you know the head counselor right. administrator person she right. spent so much time and effort into creating that team atmosphere too like mm-hmm. we would we would play team games and we there was a week where we all did like a, a secret buddies like secret santa but different uh-huh. and there was a week where we had to make a mixtape for everyone so we could all share oh, music neat. and um when you were explaining it, it reminded me of that and like how much Aww. effort she put in to make sure we were a good team and we knew each other right. and we had fun together. I love that. Yeah. And you still have fond memories of that. I yes. do. I still, yeah. one of my best friends was one of my co-counselors. Aw, very cool. Yeah, I think it's it's so important and it's also, it's a good way to retain your, <laughs> your counselors or your mm. music therapy team, right? Hopefully if they're it's a good fit and they're enjoying themselves and they want to hopefully stay with your company and grow with you yeah yeah well Mm -hmm. said uh it's interesting that the pandemic in some ways has made us very isolated but in other ways has encouraged us so much more to connect with people because yeah you know it's if we're all figuring it out on our own we're not going to figure much out but um doing zoom calls and all that kind of stuff with other people Totally. Yeah. I remember at the very beginning, I, I, I would consider, I consider myself quite the introvert, (laughs) but at the, you know, when, when you're in lockdown and you Mm. you start to really miss being around other people. And I started posting on all these music therapy, Facebook pages, who wants to jump on a zoom call and just talk and talk about how we're adapting and how we feel. Yeah. And I definitely have gotten close with some music therapists out there and who I probably probably wouldn't have otherwise so some who even chat on a daily basis we voice message every single day to just check in how are you how are you handling life today I love that yeah I do too that's so nice so nice Mm -hmm. awesome all right do you feel ready for the rapid fire questions okay yes awesome (laughs) all right the first one is coffee or tea coffee Early bird or night owl? Early bird. With your coffee. With, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Something you'd tell your younger self? To be, to not be afraid to show who you really are, to be authentic, and that that will be embraced and accepted and loved. Good one. Your music therapy elevator speech. Uh, okay, I need my coffee then. <laughs> okay, I often say, I often say, music therapy is therapy, like any other therapy that you might encounter that you can imagine. We're just using music as a tool to help you reach your goals because music is so accessible and music is helps you to connect with your emotions in a way that sometimes verbalizing and other tools can't. Um, that's how I often explain music therapy if I'm meeting an adult in an elevator <laughs> or at a party. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Your favorite self-care practice? <sighs> Lately, it's just being by myself <laughs> mm. um, because I'm so busy with family and with my little one. That just taking some time alone to reflect is so rare and it's so needed in my life. Yeah. So the little things. It's kind of ironic that since we're isolated, we're also <laughs> contained with whoever is in our home environment. Yes. So, yeah. Yes, exactly. Sometimes just go, I just say, you know, I got to go run an errand, got to go pick something up. And I just take a little drive or just take in some time on your own is, is, is what I need these days. Yeah. 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 Something that's currently adding value to your life. Honestly, I think conversations like this, I'm really enjoying these types of conversations. They, they're new for me and um, been connecting with, with people that I don't normally get to connect with. And I, I'm really, really enjoying that. So thank you for this opportunity. Thank you. You've been yeah. uh, really great to talk to and everything you're doing sounds really awesome and uh, very wholesome. You have like a very mm-hmm. wholesome as- uh, outlook about like how to do it and, you know make it work for you and support other people and I love that I'm so glad all right your favorite intervention or song to use in a session oh favorite intervention or song to use Hmm. I really like what was I really like when I'm first working with a group of seniors usually in dementia care like at an adult day program um and I don't, I don't have a particular song necessarily that I'll do it with, but I like to take a song that's really familiar to them and use it as like a getting to know them opportunity. So we'll change the words, you know, I'll go around and ask where everybody's from or what kind of music they like. And we'll just start to change some of the words to a familiar song. I really, I really enjoy doing that because it's a fun way to get to know them. Um, and it, it shows them a different way we can use music. I think a lot of them aren't used to changing the words to a song and um I always notice that it's it's a really empowering intervention most of the time so that's a fun one for me and I like that beginning stage when you're just meeting a new client and and learning about them yeah what a great way to incorporate that into the session instead of like a (laughs) a pre-interview or you know asking a caregiver yes that's true too yeah and it's a fun for a group right they they get to kind of laugh and you know, most of the time at, you know, what they've, the words that they've changed and get to know each other as well. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. When you were explaining it, it made me think of how there will be like that one or two places or songs that like, there's just too many syllables to fit in whatever lyric yeah. you're in it. Like, you're just going to be like, and la 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 la, blah, 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 and then everyone just breaks out in laughter. Those oh, are my favorite. Those are my, me too. Those are the best <laughs> moments. There's yes. so much. I love the laughter element in music therapy, and there's so many fun opportunities for that. Agreed. It's so mm-hmm. therapeutic and so underrated. There's more research coming out about laughter oh. and what it does for the mind and the body. Interesting. And there's so many. Like music lends itself so well. I think like that example you gave was so perfect mm. for for many moments of laughter. Yeah, and it mm-hmm. it creates a very nice container to move into that moment and move out of it into the next moment too exactly yeah Hmm. all right lastly where can the listeners find you and connect with you oh they can find me at my website mayamusictherapy.com 
and everyone thinks my name is spelled a different way. So it's M-I-Y-A, musictherapy.com. And they can always email me. My email's info at mayamusictherapy.com. Um, you know, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on all, all those places. You can, can always connect with me there. And I'm happy to... I just, I'm really enjoying connecting these days with, with sort of anyone and everyone. So I'm always happy to just hear from someone that they, you know, whoever wants to reach out. Awesome. I will have yeah. that all linked so people Amazing. can can reach out to you and find you and uh, see all the great stuff you're doing. And oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for making the time to talk with me. I really enjoyed My our pleasure. conversation. I did too. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Enjoy your whole weekend. <laughs> yes, yes, true. We still have still have a whole weekend ahead of us. <laughs> I know, just the beginning. <laughs> All right, bye. All right, Tisha, bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you feel as calm as I do after that conversation. I really loved Maya's um, focus on creating that atmosphere with her team. And uh, she's so right. And I can speak as a traveling contracted music therapist that it can be really isolating. And it's hard to get everyone together and motivated to make the time to make those connections even though it's what we all crave so much so if you're looking to connect with other music therapists obviously check out her business momentum group or just reach out to her or me i'd love to hear from you i'd love to talk with you and connect with you Uh, i don't only talk to people when i'm recording the conversations i like to talk to people in general too (laughs) in case you were wondering um Yeah, so all that will be linked in the show notes as always. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. Again, please consider leaving us a review, following us on social media, and becoming a patron on patreon.com. And as always, if you or someone you know is interested in being on the show, or if there's someone you really want to hear, please send an email to feedback at musictherapychronicles.com. And... If you really want to have someone on the show and you really want to ask them all your own questions, you can do so by becoming a patron. Patrons have the exclusive opportunity to ask guest questions. So like I said, you can basically run the whole interview if you want. Ask for the guest. I schedule the guest. You ask them all your questions. Just saying. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. And our quote comes from Maya Angelou. I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Mm-hmm.